Hi, everyone. We're back. Welcome to Morning Coffee with Alex and Hannah. And we're really sorry for the brief, not brief at all. Very not brief. (laughs) The long period of time where we didn't film a podcast. Both of us were pretty busy and we couldn't really fit this in. But now we're back with nobody asked for this no one asked for this but here we are but here we are again um so today we're going to be talking about some stuff that's kind of relevant to why we went on a brief break once again not brief (laughs) quote unquote brief um but we are going to be talking about fun stuff in your life without your loved one so that kind of includes vacations or new milestones accomplishments, stuff that you wanted to do, bucket list items, and completing all of those without your lost loved one. And as always, just a disclaimer, we are not doctors, we're not psychologists. Um, Well, Alex is going to be, but not yet. Not yet. And just remember that you should take everything that we say with a grain of salt. Uh, We're not professionals in any capacity. We're just trying to help based on our personal experiences with grief and loss. Yes. So if you need help, we suggest that you seek a professional clinician and we wish you the best with that. (laughs) But so let's jump right into this. So fun stuff without your loved one. The reason why we were on a break is because I was going through a move as well as um, a vacation, grad school interviews, just (laughs) a bunch of new exciting stuff. And I just had to take a little break. But Hannah was going through some similar stuff too, mm-hmm. as far as family get-togethers and just new stuff in our lives that needed to be done. So, and that's kind of what inspired our topic for this week, which is like the idea of basically like living your everyday life and going through milestone moments um, and like important things to you without your loved one, because. Um, Alex was just out of town visiting some family and like she said, um, interviewing for some grad schools. It went really well. They loved her. (laughs) No one is surprised. She's amazing. But like that kind of thing without your little brother, I can imagine is really, really hard. Yeah. Blake and I, I was in Chicago. Blake and I loved Chicago and we had an ongoing competition of who would end up in Chicago first based on our careers. But I always told him, hey, I'm four years older than you. Yeah. Like, you're literally not going <laughs> to make it just by chronological order. Um, so it was a little emotional to go back. Uh, I've been once since he passed away. But this time I saw some really close family friends and family there. And it was just, it was interesting. Yeah. Walking around the city and just recognizing the fact that my brother was not with me. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's like, the word that keeps popping back into my head is like bittersweet. Yeah. Cause like you're moving, like not moving on, but like you're, you're moving into this new stage of your life where like you're interviewing for grad schools and like, you're thinking like genuinely thinking about where you want to live after your undergrad, which is insane. Like, yeah, you know, you're 21, like everything is kind of like, Oh yeah, you weren't 21 last time. No. Okay. Soon we're going to have wine on this show. Soon. Anyway. <laughs> I turned 21. Yay. That was probably another reason that we were gone is because we were celebrating. Yeah. But anyway, I think that like this idea of moving into this next chapter of your life, like you can be super excited about something and about like a lot of things. And then also just be really upset that you don't have this person with you that you would have, if you had a choice, chosen to share all of this with. Right. I yeah. think, yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. Um, just as we grow up, I think 
it's weird having lost someone at such a young age mm-hmm. because you start to realize that there's all of these things that you've been looking forward to and most of them are either not going to happen now or they're going to happen without Very your loved one. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I think as soon as someone dies, you're not really thinking about like... Yeah. Long-term two, yeah, impact. Yeah, yeah. Like two years in the future, like what am I going to be doing? Yeah. That's funny you'd say two years because I'm about at the two-year mark. It's yeah. been like a year and three quarters, basically. And like, I don't know. It's it's a very strange because like I've gone through the whole year of firsts. Yeah. So like first Christmas, you know, celebrating my dad's birthday and like... Father's Day. Mother's Father's Day. Day, dude. Yeah. And the anniversary of his death. And now I'm coming up on like basically having done that lap twice, but I'm still finding every single day that things like... There's, there's a never-ending flow of first times, you yeah. know, even almost two years in. Like, I still, every single day, I'm like, oh, man, this is the first time that I've done this without my dad. Like, Right. And I think that continues for a while, too. Mm-hmm. And then there's one morning where you wake up, and I think this, this happened to me a little bit after the year mark of my brother's passing, where you just kind of say to yourself, like, wow, like, I've kind of been in this for a while, and, like... This feels like my new normal. Yeah. Yeah. And as much as you don't like it, and it's terrible, and what happened, you wouldn't wish on, like, your worst enemy, but this is your life, and, like, this is a part of who you are now, and... For me, it was, like, a peaceful feeling. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I felt, too. We talked about, not to, like, bear the lead here, but we're going to talk a little bit about, um, like, some some things that we struggled with after the fact, um... But I think that, like, I felt this, like, overwhelming, like, anxiety, at, like, especially directly after it happened. And I was right. like, my life, like, I'm never going to feel, like, this is never going to feel normal. And when it does feel normal, I'm going to feel so guilty for it feeling not normal that I'm going right. to feel awful for the rest of my life. And, like, I'm never going to get past this. I'm never going to get through this. I know that I'm never going to get over it, but, like, I'm never going to find this new normal like it's going to be horrible for the rest of my life but I kind of woke up that day probably like around a year after yeah and I was like okay like I still miss my dad I still wish that things had gone differently but I'm okay like I'm at peace with my life now it's a personal realization that your life is going to bear a bunch of uncertainties and there's nothing you can do about it and as bleak as that sounds and as much as us naturally as humans want to control everything. Mm -hmm. There are some things that are just going to happen. And I think traumatic death is unfortunately a really good example of learning this feat that's going to happen the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. Things are going to happen and they're going to throw us off balance, but eventually we'll hit the ground again. Yeah. There's actually like a a psychological phenomenon that (laughs) maybe only like a niche population of our listeners will like this but Alex and I like this (laughs) but there's this idea of like basically no matter what bad thing happens to you and the same goes for good things but no matter what bad thing happens to you there's like a a a dip right after it happens where you're really really affected by it right and then eventually it becomes your new normal right so people I this is like straight out of positive psychology but basically people who they did this test on people who had um, a limb amputated Right. And they said like they they kind of like dipped and their quality of life felt like it was, you know, completely gone and like they struggled and struggled and then they kind of came back to this normal. Right. And then they were basically just as like I, I 
I don't know. I don't want to say the word happy, but like just as content. I think I've seen a similar study. Yeah, it's a really cool study. And it made me feel a lot better because I was like, okay, you know, this is temporary in a sense. Even if it lasts five years, it's temporary. I think that goes along with habituation too. Mm -hmm. Sorry, we're getting super into psychology right now. (laughs) What else did you expect? I I think it helps people to understand more. It definitely helped me when someone broke down to me scientifically, like what was happening and why I was feeling certain ways. Completely same. If you're not familiar with the term habituation, there's a really good example of if you are trying to do homework and there is a faucet dripping and it's starting to really annoy you. At some point, you're going to start to tune out this faucet, Mm -hmm. and that's called habituation. It's your brain starting to recognize that something is happening, and then it moves on to whatever you're focusing on. This just becomes a part of the background noise. Right. And in some ways, I feel about that that way with what happened to me in traumatic loss at first. It was terrible and it rocked my entire world. And that's not Constant to say that it's presence in your life, kind of. Yeah, that's not to say that it's not terrible now. Mm-hmm. No, no, not at all. But it's still terrible. To some degree, I've habituated to this idea that my brother is not here, he's not alive. Yeah. And that some way, like, I'm at peace with it too. It's last night, actually. Um, my, my mom and I were at my sister's house and we were, um, <laughs> we were like leaving my sister's house and she has this gate that's broken and we were walking out to the car and my mom closed the gate and realized that it was broken. And she turned to me and she said, I had this really strange moment where I was like, Oh, like we can just have dad fix that. Right. And it's, I mean, it's been almost two years since my dad died. Right. And so I think that like, it was just kind of, I don't know. It was very relevant. I think because that happened to me so often for the first, probably like six months to a year after my dad died, I was like, Oh, I'll just call. Oh, well I can't call my dad. You know, but like eventually my brain kind of like adjusted and I was like, okay, well, you know, I, I, you know, a year ago, six months ago, I would have said, okay, I'm going to do this action after this thing happens and it's going to involve my dad. And now I don't do that anymore. But every once in a while, it just gets you and you're like, oh man, like, right. I didn't realize that my brain was so, was still in that pattern of. Yeah. And to tie everything back, I had a moment like that on this trip to Chicago that I just went on because my family would take vacations out there pretty frequently when my brother was still alive. And there was a point where I was walking around and my boyfriend was with me and I kind of turned to him and I was like, Oh my gosh, like Blake is going to think this is so funny. And then I kind of had a period where I was like, (laughs) ah, (laughs) and you know, like those things still happen. And that's part of the growing process is that you're going to reach all these milestones. And even though you might slip up and kind of say something like that, I don't, I guess it's not even necessarily slipping up. Like in my head, my brother is still very much alive in my memories, Mm -hmm. even though he's not here physically. Um, I still think that the memory of him will live with me through all of these absolutely milestones. Absolutely. I mean, small milestones and large milestones for sure. Right. And I feel like at some point, you know, if you get a promotion at your job or you decide I want to move somewhere or, you know, you get married, you know, it could be negative things too. Like Mm -hmm. you get into a car accident or you get fired. Like life is going to keep throwing you stuff and they're going to be, you know, these big markers that you think about when you're looking at your life chronologically and at some point you're gonna think 
oh my gosh, like, am I allowed to feel this way without this person? Right. That's, yeah, I think that that's really important that you said that too. Like, am I allowed to feel this way about this? Yeah. Because I felt that so many times, like, in so many aspects of my life after losing my dad. Like, am I allowed to feel, you know, sad that, I don't know, like, just, I don't, I can't even think of a good example, but so many times I've been like, am I, is this okay? Right. Like, am I feeling, is this I got into a car accident uh, probably at the beginning of this year, and I remember thinking, like, oh my gosh, my life sucks. Like, I can't believe I got into a car accident. And then I was like, whoa, hold on, like, this is, like, minor in comparison to what I've dealt with before. Yeah. Like, should I even feel upset about this? It's like a reality I can't remember check. if I told the story about that time that, like, our friend's car got broken into. Yeah. Did I tell that on the podcast? I don't think so. Well, yeah. No, it's the same situation, basically. We were – it was, like, a couple months after my dad died, and it was the first time I had gone out with my friends to, like, do any sort of social event. Right. And, um, my friend who had driven a bunch of us to like a birthday party for another friend of ours, her car got broken into Yeah, and it was like late at night and we're all like sitting in the backyard hanging out and she went to get her coat out of her car or something and realized that it had been broken into Right, and no damage had been done. Like it was her, her license and her insurance and like her, you know, and that, that kind sucks. Of thing. totally sucks, but it was missing. Yeah, no, it totally sucks. But she, like, had a meltdown, like, a full-blown meltdown about it. Yeah. And I literally had to call my mom. And I was like, pick me up. Pick me up. I've never done that before in my life. I was like, because I didn't have my car. And I was like, Mom, I need you to come get me. And thank God she happened to be, like, in the city where I live, which is not where she lives. She just happened to be there that weekend. By chance. By chance. And I literally – I was like, this is so minuscule compared to things that happen. Like, really shitty, horrible things that happen. This is so small. But at the same time, it was kind of the end of the world for her. Right. And that's fine. Yeah. I think it is kind of difficult for the first, I don't want to put like a label on the time, but. During super grief? Super grief period. (laughs) And a little after. To deal with people's emotions if they're experiencing something that's adverse in their life. Because not that I think you should say this to that person because everyone experiences their own level of like pain and trauma. Right. Pretty much everything kind of in my mind, I was like, that's completely irrelevant because my dad is dead. <laughs> no, honestly. I was like, I'm sorry that you broke your arm. Like, that really sucks. Like, you have great insurance and, like, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Like, don't talk to me about it. And it wasn't like – it wasn't like I wasn't feeling my, the pain for my friends. I just I just could not handle it because I was experiencing my own right. level of pain so severe that I was like, I don't care that your car got broken into. It's not even, like, an anger thing to you. It's not no. that we're angry at no people angst. or we're annoyed. It's just, like... I was annoyed, but I get annoyed very, very easily. <laughs> um, I think it's just, like, we don't have the mental capacity to even think about yes, anything exactly. else. So, so when these, like, little things, like, if that were to happen yeah. to me, I would have been like, okay, well, that sucks. <laughs> you know, and get over it. But at the same time, thank God for these people, but they'd never experienced that level of trauma, right. losing a parent, losing a sibling. Right. So that seemed like the end of the world. And to me and to you, yeah. you know, it just, it was a different scope. Right. I think it is really enlightening though. And that's, that's another part of growing up is how enlightening this whole process is. Mm-hmm. I feel like me and you had to mature very early on, Yeah. which is sad in some respects, but also, Beneficial in a long run, yeah, I think. Yeah, I feel like there's a more logical way to think about stuff, and our priorities are very different, and we've talked about so that before. Um, I think something else that's kind of 
come out of this too is seeing your family in a different light. Yeah, I think that was something that I really experienced this past weekend um, because I like was at a family event this past weekend um, and it's an annual thing. We do it every year, but, and it, my whole family comes and I have a very large family. Right. I'm so glad that I went and I, I'm so glad that I like let myself right. open up and feel those things. It was bittersweet because I noticed this empty hole where my dad would have been and people commented on it too. They were like, you know, we miss your dad so much. Like, we're so glad you're here, but like, yeah. you know, and like multiple times during the weekend, people came up to me and said like, you know, your dad would have done this or like your dad would have loved this and it hurt. But at the same time, it was so beautiful to, to be around the people that I love and to be surrounded by this love and to keep his memory alive, even though I wish that he could have been there. Right. And that's another milestone that you completed too, is being mm-hmm. able to go to this family get together and see all your family and talk to them and recognize yeah. that this person that you love so much isn't there physically but still but in the spirit yes he's still That's there and yeah. the spirit of your family and mm-hmm. just hanging out with them and talking to them yeah which seems like it shouldn't be scary but it was but, but I think there's a lot of things, funny things to you. <laughs> that are kind of scary at yeah. first but I think the time will come when you do them and you'll feel better afterwards I think kind of like to transition into something else we want to talk about briefly too is this idea that like I even now I still have this like sometimes debilitating anxiety after my dad passed away and that's something that we're going to talk about right now is how your health changes yeah after traumatic grief mental health physical health as younger people who have experienced grief it's really difficult to watch how your health changes in response to the amount of stress that you're going under yeah, and how your perspective on your health changes as well. Yeah. Cause it can go in a lot of d- different directions. We generally want to talk about the initial reactions that we had and then also the lasting effects that have, you know, changed in our lives, both mental and physical. Especially because I think going into this, I knew to some degree that there was going to be lasting mental health impacts because of this situation. Yeah. But I don't think I understood like the depth of what was going to happen to not only like my emotional mental health, but like to my physical health. Absolutely. I don't think people really talk about that. No, because I I definitely remember like texting you and telling you like, hey, this is happening to me. Is this normal? (laughs) And I was like, yes. (laughs) I mean. But I think going into that, like the initial response of hearing that someone has passed is not talked about at all. No, no, because that's something that is so different. I I watched this in my family and with my close friends. Like when people found out, everyone reacted so differently. Right. And that, I think that plays into, it's like foreshadowing Mm -hmm. for what your grieving process is going to be like. At least that's how I've seen it. I know. I totally agree. Yeah. It, It can be. I think it, it happened yeah. More I th- I would say more to you than to me. Right. Um so people don't really talk about the initial response or our personal health like at all. And there are a lot of questions that I think Kana and I had through that journey because we're we're so young. Like yeah. we're so young. And I didn't really know anything that had lost someone that close to them no. that I was super close with that I could feel comfortable talking about that no. with them. Yeah. I think it was just really just like to kind of highlight this. It was really interesting because um, 
my sister and I were living together at the time and we lived in a different city than our parents. And so, and it was like eight o'clock at night when we find out, when we found out that my dad went into the ICU um, and our mom called, you know, she right. told us and, um, but it was already too late at night for us to start driving home. Right. And so we like, couldn't really do it. Like we couldn't go see him. So we just like kind of reacted to how we could react without right. like that response of like having to do something. And I like scoured our entire house. Like I cleaned <laughs> every inch of our house and my sister went to Target. Yeah. <laughs> so like that that's was like our, like our like self-soothe responses. Yeah. Like that's so my sister to just like, she's like, I'm okay. stressed. I gotta go to Target. Like I don't even know if she bought anything. She just went to Target just because that around. was the, the the thing that rationally made sense in her head. And right. I like bleached my bathtub because that's what made sense in my head. And that's, we don't talk about these things, but like they are both perfectly fine responses. It made me feel so much better to know that whenever I got home from seeing my dad in the hospital, yeah, I, my house would be clean. And it made Molly feel better that she was in target. In target. <laughs> it's her space. She'll tell you, you know, I know that some people might not think that this is funny, but just bear with us because we've been through this and yeah. we can laugh at it in retrospect right. now because like what, why did that make sense in my head? Right. Like, why wasn't I like researching or like packing a bag to go see? Like, I was just like, I got to clean. I got to clean everything. Everything I see, I have to clean. I think, well, my initial response to finding out, um, because I was just told point blank, you know, like this happened mm-hmm. and I just, I just took off. I started running, which I mean, looking back on it now, I'm like, maybe I should have talked to this person a little bit more. And I was just out of there. But I think that knowing <laughs> you as well as I know you, that makes a lot of sense. Really? Like, not that you like run from your problems. I don't want you to think that. But like, <laughs> just like knowing like your personality, I think that you're, you're like a react person. Yeah. And I, I do work out. So that's true. And My I feel like it's just like, let's go on a run. Yeah, it's time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I can look back at it now and you can sort of understand right. why it made sense in your head at the time, but like, it doesn't make sense for me. It doesn't make sense in my head now. Yeah. And that's, that's just like the initial response, like right off the bat. And right. it varies from person to person, which I think is interesting because that kind of symbolizes how our grief processes are going to vary from person to person. There is not one set way to grieve. It's going to be different. Even though Alex and I are very similar in a lot of ways and we're very close friends and have been for a couple years now, (laughs) we grieve so differently. Yeah. And that's what we're going to get into with this personal health and mental health Mm -hmm. thing because different things happen to us within the same categories but affected us in different ways and I think one of the biggest ones is mental health huge one huge one yeah right because I found and this is really interesting when I tell people this and just looking at it from a third person psychological perspective because this is what I'm studying Mm -hmm. (laughs) my drive got a lot stronger after my brother died. That semester, didn't you have like a 3.8 or something? I got a 3.9. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, me on the other hand, <laughs> I with like completely lost motivation to do anything and like withdrew from all of my classes Yeah, and basically took a gap semester. Yeah. And no way is right or wrong. Like, right. Because it I, for you to do that, it worked yeah. for me to do what I, you know? Yeah. yeah. And of course, getting a 3.9 GPA is great. Like that's, you know, I'm very proud of myself right. for that, but it was Under also an unhealthy coping mechanism for me to that, just bury yeah. myself in my work. And it's okay for me to admit that. 
you know? Like, neither of them were beneficial. Right. And I think, like, I needed that time to spend time with my family and stuff and, you know, process what I was feeling. But at the same time, I probably could have really used a healthy distraction at school. So, you know, we're kind of on opposite ends of this extreme spectrum. But kind of anywhere in that realm like any right. anything that happens with your academic life is like you kind of just have to let it let it lie you know right. because how you're going to process that is how you're going to process well and I think something else that we should discuss is how the line between depression and grief is very yeah. very hairline thin mm-hmm. and it's really easy for someone who has just lost someone and even after like years after right to dip below this line of grief and depression right they're just kind of stacked on top of each other I think me I've been incredibly fortunate that I've never had to deal with depression right in like myself and but right after my dad died I was obviously grieving in super grief you know and I was having a really hard time but I once I got into therapy my therapist was like basically she sat me down and she said hey you're struggling with depression and I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sad. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm grieving. And she's like, yes, you're grieving, but you're also, you know, right, depressed. Right. And thankfully, my particular situation was <laughs> situational depression, which I, you know, feel blessed that that was what happened to me because I know that a lot of people aren't that lucky. Yeah. But something that still affects me to this day is this anxiety that I think I mentioned briefly earlier. Um. And I'm, that's still something that I'm dealing with, and it's almost been two years. Right. And I'd never ha- had to deal with this level of anxiety before. Right. So it's just, like, fascinating to me how my brain adapted and changed. And in a lot of ways, I got stronger, but in a lot of ways, like, it kind of just freaked out. Yeah. There were a bunch of, like, just straight chaos moments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For mental oh, health. Yeah. Wait. Like, what's going on? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really lucky – I don't think I was, well, I was never diagnosed with depression after my brother died. Um, I did have really, really bad anxiety. Mm-hmm. I think and that's I still, really normal. I still struggle with that. And, like, I'm getting help. Like, I'm fine. You know, like, <laughs> we're good. But Professional help is what we always, always recommend. Right. Just a reminder. <laughs> right. But <laughs> it was just strange. Yeah. Because, you Your know. literal I, brain chemistry changed. Right. And it's weird because you can feel it. Like you yeah. can feel it happen. Yeah. Um, but I had really bad anxiety after my brother passed away and that kind of carried over into this seasonal depression sort of thing. Not to be like, Oh my God, I have seasonal depression. But like in the spring, because my brother passed away in April of 2018, it was really difficult for me to just kind of function as a human being because apparently my therapist broke this down for me. My brain was preparing for another adverse event to happen in April and then it just didn't and that was it. So your brain was like, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And then nothing happened. So you were like, oh, uh, okay. Right. So (laughs) I just watched a Grey's Anatomy episode about this. (laughs) The one where like the ladies in love with their neighbor, if you watch Grey's. I don't watch Grey's. Well, she has a heart attack every single year on the same day. Well, not a heart attack. They think she has a heart attack. Whoa. But she has like abnormal, basically she has like a quote unquote broken heart syndrome. Me. Google it. It's freaking <laughs> awesome. I mean, it's not awesome for her, but it's a very cool medical <laughs> phenomenon. <laughs> anyway, uh, real life applications here. <laughs> Sorry. 
this is why you listen to us. <laughs> um, yeah, mental health. It's it's rough. Mm-hmm. But it, gets, it does get better at some point. Like, you yeah. have to make the steps to better yourself. But it it's not, like, not unovercomable. You right. know? Like, you can get passed through it. Passed slash through it, you know? And you're going to be okay. Yeah. That's, like, the overwhelming theme, theme of our podcast, I think, is that we're all going to be all right. But you're not going to be all right right away. And you're not going to be 100% all right all the time. Yeah. Um, Physical health. Yeah, dude. Let's talk about that. <laughs> this is going to be fun because no one likes to talk about this and I love to talk about it. I love hearing her talk about it too because she's so knowledgeable about it. So I'm um, I think it's really interesting that we're talking about growing up and milestones because as people grow up, they start to get, you know, aches and pains and groans. And mm-hmm. that's really common amongst, you know, the population. Yes. But... I think between Hannah and I, it's also really common for us to have back pain, neck pain, shoulder pain. My jaw hurts all the time because I clench my teeth at night now. Yeah. I think I do too, but I have like industrial retainers that like really (laughs) save me from that pain. Yeah. Life hack. And what's so weird about this is that First of all, you're being thrown into the situation of grief and trauma and everything. And then on top of that, you have to deal with all of these physical health problems. So when I'm grieving my brother, I am also experiencing physical pain, like pain in my neck specifically. That's where I carry a lot of my stress. Specifically my right shoulder is where I carry all my stress and my lower back. So, you know. And it all hurts. It's not just like, oh, I'm uncomfy. I have like finals. You know, it's like I have finals and I'm sad and I they and that, like it hurts. Like dude. we're talking lidocaine patches, people. <laughs> like good stuff. This is not like a joke. So, yeah. I I do remember texting you though and saying like, why do I hurt all the time? Yeah. Like help. And I mean, I think that this, I think that this applies to like any uh, severe stress or trauma. It's not yeah. just like grieving. No, it's, it's just, just like grief. severe stress and trauma. And, like, specifically on young bodies because we were... We're developing, so... Yeah. And, like, we were strong and healthy. I mean, we're still pretty strong and healthy. But, like, we were young and strong and fit and healthy before that. And then it was very abnormal for us to feel that level of pain and, like, tenseness. Tenseness? Tension. Tension. There you go. We're psych majors, not English majors. in med school. No, for real, dude. I was pretty (laughs) med for, like, half a semester. It was not a good time. But, I mean, you're... Our bodies and our brains and everything was just under this intense level of stress and it came across in our bodies. Yeah. And I think going into that too is nourishing ourselves. Yeah. I focus. I don't know. We've talked about grief food, you know, a little bit, not the healthiest thing. (laughs) So a little background. I focus on eating disorders. Hi guys, this is Editing Hana. I just wanted to clarify that when Alex says she focuses on eating disorders, she means that her focus of study in her psychology degree is eating disorders. She doesn't just like randomly think about them all the time. Uh, yeah, just to clarify. Anyway, back to you guys. And I take nutrition and eating patterns very seriously. Mm-hmm. And what's so strange about grief is that I myself did not feel like my eating patterns were normal. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't know. During grief. I don't know if it's because, 
like it's just such chaos right after someone dies yeah. that you're eating like kind of whatever you're given and then you're eating kind of at strange times because yeah. you have to like make appointments and stuff. So I don't know if it's like situational or if your brain literally just like doesn't know what to do with itself and it's just like I've been ah! trying to figure this out for no, so me long. Too. I don't understand it. I don't either. I don't get it. But something happened to both of us where like our our, our for whatever reason our <laughs> you know meals and our snacking and everything just got really weird. So for me I was on a strictly, like, survival basis. Like, I was not eating. I would only eat, like, when I – really when I just, like, thought about it because I wasn't yeah. thinking about anything. I think anything. You, what you said to me, what you have said to me in the past is that you never felt hungry. Right. But when you remembered, like, oh, right, my body needs to eat, you would eat. Right. That's, like, to a T. Yeah. So I dropped probably, like, 20 pounds. And see, on the flip side of that – I gained like 45 pounds, which is like neither one of those things are healthy. No, for both our, of them are unhealthy. Yeah, for our bodies. Um, and I think that what I struggled with was like my dad died so young. Yeah. That half of me was like, I have to take really good care of my body. I have to work out and eat healthy and blah, blah, blah. Because like I don't want to die when I'm so young. Right. On the flip side, I was like, if I'm going to die young, I just want to like eat whatever I want. I don't want to work out. I like, want to do whatever cares? I want. Yeah. Like, who cares? I and, went through the exact same thing. Yeah. it's But it's just funny, like, how it manifested itself in our lives so differently. But, yeah. like, it's the same underlying issue yeah. that we were dealing with of, like, who cares? Yeah. Because you know? for me, it was, like, wow, like, life is so short. I need to take better care of myself. <laughs> and I need to go to the gym five times a week and eat nothing but strawberries. <laughs> and then on the flip side, it was, like, wow, I don't care what happens to myself. I'm going to eat a cheeseburger <laughs> and sleep for four hours. A green chili cheeseburger. Specifically. Yeah. So both both are not good. <laughs> but like, you know, it's part of the process, I guess. Yeah. So there's just there's so many weird things that happen. Yeah. I think another thing that popped up was acne. Oh my god, yeah. And no one talks about that. Okay, I've struggled with acne since I was like twelve. But and it's I always been never. like relatively under control with like the products that I've used. Yeah. I just like my face went crazy. Anyone yeah. who saw me during that time, like I, no matter what I used on it, like no matter what I was eating, what like, I was just, I think it was a stress response, like looking back No, on definitely. It. But my face was, I mean, like bad acne all the time and right. nothing else in my life had changed besides like the stress. And I think that like, I was also not eating as well because of the stress. Yeah. But it's just, I mean, it was like insane. I have a bunch of scars like on my shoulders because I started breaking out on my shoulders, which has never happened before. Yeah. I didn't have acne growing up. Like I would get like pimples and stuff, yeah. but it was never like like enough of a problem that I like needed to go see a dermatologist. And right. I'm very lucky for that. And then, but then all, all of a sudden, sudden I just start getting acne and I'm like, well, like what? what like, I didn't do anything. Yeah. What did I do to deserve this? Why do bad things happen <laughs> to good people? So that was really like weird yeah my hair started to fall out a yeah, little bit there too yeah which like that was that happened to me in high school too like around finals and stuff yeah like that's definitely a stress response for me and I'm, I'm sure it's probably the same for you yeah well I'm not sure but I would assume right yeah and my hair was just falling out for fun just like you know having a good grand old time anymore bye <laughs> um stress responses are going to be different for each person I just think 
it's kind of funny that Hannah and I have experienced very similar stress responses. Real quick too, uh, can we talk about sleeping patterns? I don't want to. No, I know because <laughs> they suck. Because I don't sleep. Yeah. What is sleep? Who is she? I don't know. I think that something that is like a really common thing with people who are um, struggling with pretty severe depression is that like they sleep more yeah. than is like would be healthy for them in other circumstances. But I think you and I both slept so much less when we were like seriously grieving. I think for the first year I slept like four hours a night. I Yeah. Max. Cause you would text me super late at night and then we would go to the gym at seven in the morning. Yeah. And I, I would go to bed at like eight to wake up at six 30. And I would go to bed at like two. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Fun. Um, I think that my, so my sleeping problems didn't, they're still kind of here, but yeah, mine too. They, they started to alleviate around the first year mark. I think. I think mine too, actually. Yeah. Cause it's there just, was a week, there was a week after the one year mark that I slept like 14 hours a day. Yeah. Like I was out. I was clocked so out. You're either sleeping four hours or sleeping 14 hours for the first like year plus yeah. afterwards, which is like so bizarre. Brains are weird. Brains dude. are weird. I don't want mine anymore. Yeah, do you want to like just Does someone take it? Let's just split them and mush them together and put it back in our head. I don't like that either. <laughs> that would be chaos. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. So basically, the point that we're getting at, tying chaos into this, is that grief is chaos. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, that's like the, the one word. That I would use to describe everything that's happened for the last almost two years. I don't know why so many health problems happen. And I'm sure that someone like has studied this and yeah. they probably have a PhD and they're probably really smart. Send us a voice memo if you're that person. But I'm 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 literally like 21 years old. I don't know what the frick is happening in my body. I don't know why my vision is worse now. Dude. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why my jaw hurts so much. Please help me. <laughs> I think um moral of this story is we need to do some freaking yoga and you need a mouth guard i do need a mouth guard my dentist told me that and i still haven't gotten one you should definitely get one it'll change your life (laughs) sorry dr lee (laughs) (laughs) all right i think we're at a good place to to end this this thing to wrap up i hope you guys liked this i'm i'm actually really sorry that we took a break yeah me too there were people that were reaching out to us asking like hey when is this gonna happen and i'm pretty sure i like left some of them on red at molly love you our biggest fan (laughs) did molly ask yeah i'm so sorry (laughs) yeah no and i think i think that like something to remember too is that obviously our intention with this is to help people but at the same time every once in a while we just it's to help ourselves yeah this is sort of like our little therapy session this is very cathartic yeah so Sometimes we just aren't in a place to handle it. Yeah. And you probably sometimes aren't in a place to listen to things about grief. So I think it's easier to talk to invisible people about this. Absolutely. Than like people our age, because as soon as I'm like, oh my gosh, like my brother, people are like, <gasps> Yeah. Don't <laughs> or speak. they're like, Oh my god, my goldfish. And you're like, oh. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. We hope that you enjoyed this. We hope that you enjoyed our ram- our rambling and our stuttering too, I guess. <laughs> yeah, this um, is probably the least edited episode of the podcast so we'll see how you like it hi guys editing hana again um it sounds pretty edited but that's because i edited out me saying like about 400 times um because it's been a while since we've recorded the podcast and i couldn't remember how to speak just a disclaimer 
Um, I think it's more authentic that way. That's so true because we are sort of idiots. Yeah, not not even sort, sort of. of. We're huge idiots. <laughs> but we hope that you tune in next time whenever that may be. We're not going to have a set date because, hi, we're busy and <laughs> lazy. Um, but just she's remember- busy. I'm lazy. <laughs> Just remember that our podcast is available on a multitude of platforms, the biggest ones being Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Podcasts. Yep. So go ahead and check that out, and we'll see you next time.